This is an AMI podcast. You're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast with Chef Mary Mamaliti. I love pockets. You'll see me like at like department stores just like taking pictures of pockets. People look at me like, sir, what are you doing? And I'm just like, ah, don't worry, I'm just taking photos. Yeah, like someone asked me to leave the other day. He's like, no, sir, like you can't take all these photos. I'm like, let me just see it. Like, I just want to see it. Like, you guys did something so awesome. This is so cool. And like, I'm admiring it. And like, you're not letting me. Like, what's the deal? This is Kitchen Confession, and I'm Mary Mamalini. Today, I'm talking with the incredibly talented chef, designer, and founder of MeChef, Mitchell Felice. MeChef is the home of an innovative, unbelievably comfortable, and true-to-size chef apparel. This Canadian-made brand is leaving its mark in the culinary scene as one of the first of its kind. And without further ado, let me introduce and welcome Mitchell Felice. (laughs) Hey, Mitch. Hi, how are you? Thank you so much for being here. When we were talking and through our conversations, I realized that we've just come full circle. So in 2012, Frank and I decided to get married and we had the reception. Actually, the the ceremony was at Paese Restaurant. Oh, my God. I was definitely there. And I think you <laughs> catered my wedding. Oh my God. I probably did. I That's insane. Surprised. So, and now we're full circle back here. Now I'm interviewing wow. you and we had no idea up until I started really looking into everything and reading. I'm like, oh my gosh, Mitch catered my wedding. Yeah, I definitely did. At that point, but I, was we had not catering, met. I was catering like crazy for Tony at the Lee Catering. Tony is my cousin at Lee Catering. So he, I, I started there in the kitchen there and it was like, he brought me up, like it was nuts. And, and, and probably the craziest, hardest place to work, but the best experience I've ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was truly an incredible place. And, and, and at that time it was like, that was like the prime of my catering. So like, that's all I did was catering. So it's definitely, definitely did your wedding for sure. That is for crazy. Sure. So now that we know that we somehow met. Yes, I know. Years ago, back in 2012, I didn't even realize it. A little bit more about your culinary background. So, well, I, I my culinary background is I specialize more in Italian cuisine. So I am half Italian, half Portuguese, but pretty much spent all the years learning Italian food. And from there, specialized in, I guess, some of the most prestigious high-end catering events in the city to top restaurants, worked at a private school, was a catering chef at the Toronto French School, which is another prestigious school in Toronto. And from there led to creating some of the most interesting chef apparel and aprons and mm-hmm. kids lines, men's lines, women's lines, and making everything true to fit and tailored and went from there. Well, you mentioned, you know, you've worked at Toronto International Film Festival, the Royal Ontario Museum. How does that differ from other events? So is it like a different culture than a restaurant when you're doing a catering event? Well, it's definitely a definitely a different atmosphere. You're like basically cooking out of a, a hallway that's turned into a kitchen. Like they make, it, it's so interesting. Like you go into the ROM and you're cooking around dinosaurs and stuff like that and you can't it's touch anything. It's gotta be wild. Yeah, you, you can't touch anything and you can't look at anything really because it's, it's priceless, you know, priceless artifacts. And, and you can't like, I remember one of my first times going, working at the ROM, they, they almost didn't want to let me in because I was carrying around of a can of propane and it was to torch creme brulees, but you can't bring propane into the ROM. So 
we had to sit there in the freezing cold at the minus 30 making creme brulees outside and 300 pieces later frozen fingers burnt fingers it was it was a good time you must have a lot of those stories of <laughs> yeah. things that you kind of have to make shift and make do with oh, the space that you're given definitely and there's a lot of things you can't say of what we've done and what, what the, the interesting nights and crazy people and clients and just accommodating everybody it's been a definitely an eventful i guess upbringing of the culinary yeah. industry i mean have you ever had those kind of clients where you're saying yes, but you know this is not oh. possible, and you kind of make do yeah, with what you, make you have. It happen. Yeah. You just smile and keep moving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and speaking of cooking and kitchens, if you could or would share a kitchen with any other chef, who would that be? Probably Eric Payman. Really? So Eric Payman's probably like the most interesting Canadian influenced cuisine guy I've ever met. Like, He's, he did, last year he did the event that was called the Flight Across the Top mm -hmm. of Canada. And basically it was like Canada's most interesting and most talented chefs brought together on this trip. And it was taken, I think they took about 60 people mm -hmm. around the top of Canada. And they cooked in all these, I guess, regions and areas that were just rural and secluded. And they, they barely even had space for all these people to stay. Like people were staying in people's homes. And yeah, it was just incredible and like there was a lot of companies that were a part of it and like can of goose and stuff like that and mm. the fairmonts and and now to this day i still watch what eric's about and yeah, we still yeah. keep in touch and what would you cook with him like if oh, you had like, it, maybe like seal or something like something canadian and interesting <laughs> yeah. like i think we both we had seal together the last time i was with him we we were tasting these seals from like um they were kind of like a cured seal Mm -hmm. And it was, and it essentially tasted like a tenderloin when it was cooked. Really? Yeah, it was like really red and like, I guess, iron tasting, like very like metallic. And it was really interesting. Really? I don't yeah. think I could do that. I think for me, I it's what it. I know. It's what I, I, it's in my mind, what I'm eating. Mm -hmm. So because I know that and I'm aware of it, I don't know if I can do it. Um, maybe, maybe I could. But you're saying that it had more like a metallic taste. Well, it almost had like a metallic finish, so like, like as if if it were like extreme gamey. That's gamey. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's all it really tastes like. It was nice. It was and really then what nice. they seared it or yeah, so they seared all sides, and they had like a wild seal, and they had like a farm seal, and you can definitely taste the difference. Like it was like night and day. Wow. Yeah. I would never have thought, honestly, that wouldn't have even crossed my mind to have seal. Okay, let's play a game. This or that. The choice is yours. You can get with this, or you can get with that. I'm going to give you two words, you choose one. First one that comes to mind. Popcorn or chips? Chips. Pizza or pasta? Pasta. Comedy or horror? Comedy. <laughs> I can't do the horror thing. Toilet paper, over or under? Under. See, you had me at comedy, lost me at under. Truth or dare? Oh. Tr truth, truth or dare? Truth. You would do the truth? Brave, brave, I tell you. Salty or sweet? Uh, salty. Now, this is a hot topic. Do you wash your meat before cooking it? Never. <laughs> Never. <laughs> this, is, this is a divided question. Never. This is why don't I'm Don't wash laughing. your meat. I don't understand why people do it. I think it's stupid. <laughs> why would you wash your meat? It's gross. <laughs> it's gross. 
gross. Like people like put their chicken in the water. It's like, why is your water soaking in? Like, why is your chicken soaking in water? It's like, what are you making? Like an ecolized system? Like, what are you creating? This is gross. <laughs> Would you rub lemon on it? No. Like people do that with turkeys. And I'm just like, what are you doing? My mom does that. I'm just like, what are you doing with the turkey? Because I think I think it kills the. It kills bacteria. something. I mean, so <laughs> you're like trying to you're trying to make it cook with this acid. Like, what are you doing? You're drying out the skin. Like, I don't understand. Like, I look at her and she looks at me like I'm crazy, and and I'm like, I'm like whatever. Your turkeys come out great, but still. <laughs> but you're still looking at each other like who's yeah. right, who's wrong. Yeah. So if you were so okay, your cooking style. If yes. you can describe your cooking style in two words. My cooking style is like a nunna meeting an 18 year old inspiring chef that's how i like to cook it's like so, rustic and fun and flavorful and just simple basic flavors that are just used with great ingredients that home cooking yeah. kind of feel to it just natural flavors nothing out of the ordinary no fusion bs it's just for me it's like I spent three years making pasta in, at paese and it was like one of the most incredible experiences like so peaceful. Like you think like having so much pasta to make in a day is just like the worst thing in the world. Cause you just got to make like raviolis and linguinis and cavatellis and you name it, gnocchis, whatever. And I was just like, wow, this is like actually like calming for me. Like as, as a yeah. person that's very like ADD and everywhere, it was like, wow, I'm like, just put on music, put my headphones on and I just make pasta for hours. So making pasta for you is like someone who enjoys knitting. They find it that yeah. calming making pasta, kind of... Making pizzas for me, that is yeah. like, my favorite things to do. There's so many trends out today. What cooking trends are you really into right now? Me personally, I'm all about like big barbecues, big smoke, like lots of flavor, bold flavors. Like right now I'm building a barbecue. So I'm building this huge Jamaican type pen drum barbecue. That's like unnecessary, but I'm mm -hmm. building this thing. And well, basically I'm building all these attachments for it that you can like kind of do like a, sh like a rotisserie and all no. this kind of stuff on it. Yeah. Charcoal? Like these, I built like these things. Oh, definitely charcoal. And I built these, uh, these th things that basically hold ribs sideways so you can stack them and smoke them across this whole thing. And like, it's like two stage and the next door neighbor where we're moving the new, we're, we're moving the business. He just cut down his cherry trees and stuff. So he just gave me all this cherry wood and it just smells incredible. When you, when you decided to create me chef, what was it about? the standard chef's jacket that drove you absolutely nuts, that made you wanted to start your own brand? Starting my own brand, that really started as a young kid where I wanted to invent something. I wanted to create something that was just gonna go worldwide and huge. Like, mm -hmm. That was the thought, like, I, I'm gonna do this, create something that like people are gonna, everyone's gonna need. And that was my whole trial and error of life. And it's been like that. And then I got into the whole chef thing and, and that pretty much started as a kid where my mom's a pattern maker and designer, so she's been influenced in the whole industry. I've been I love around. your mom. Yeah, I've been, <laughs> she's, she's a super interesting lady, like runs her own business, super successful. And I've been around that since the beginning where like she was working out of a basement and doing night and day, not stopping, not even making any money, but she was just grinding and pushing towards it. And, and I was pretty much taken around with her to all the factories, touching it. I touch everything. So... I was touching fabrics, touching this, touching that, learning how to cut, learning how to sew, learning how to do all that. And there's a lot of clothing lines that I really like and like a lot that I follow and stuff like that and what they're doing and how they approach, I guess, mm -hmm. their clientele and stuff like that. So inspiration for me is just like, 
I'll throw on the apron. I'll throw on an apron and just be like, okay, I'm going to start cooking. And then I just kind of like, oh, this is kind of cool. I kind of want a pocket here. I kind of want this there. And and then I'll put it on people and yeah, yeah. go from there. But like, I love pockets. And like, you'll see me like at like department stores, just like taking pictures of pockets. Yeah, yeah. And people look at me like, sir, what are you doing? And I'm just like, ah, don't worry. I'm just taking a photo. Yeah. Like, I'm a pocket. Yeah. Like someone asked me to leave the other day. I'm <laughs> no. like, whatever. <laughs> Like I, take a, I was at G-Star and I'm like, I love G-Star. Like yeah. they do everything like their, their, their fits, right. Their, their products, right. Like I, I, like I wear all their clothes. Like I love it. See it on the news. And then, the, yeah. And then they like, they, they, I was in there and they had like this really cool apron on display. So I was like, Hey, can I take it off the display and put it on and just like try this thing? And they're just like, no, sir, that's a display piece. I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a bunch of photos. Like, no, sir. Like you can't take all these photos. I'm like, let me just see it. Like, I just want to see it. Like, you guys did something so awesome. This is so cool. And like, I'm admiring it. And like, you're not letting me like, what's the deal? But whatever, I get it. Like, we're going to see you on the news. Yeah, you're going to see me like, look at this Man guy. gets escorted out yeah. for taking pocket photos. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and so it's like, like, there's so much inspiration for me there. Like, I love it. Like, they do such cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, and I follow like a lot of Hugo Boss and stuff like that, where it's clean and crisp, that look. Like, I really love hugo boss is branding and stuff like that so that's it's expensive taste but I, I like it when i was chefing it was like you put on these chef jackets that were just like terrible they're huge the arms are big the armholes are big they they just hang they're like three sizes too big mm-hmm. and they just don't look appealing the, you're, you're working in places that are just like outstanding and like you don't look as good as your food looks and you're like like what are you supposed to do you know like and have some pride in yourself and what you're doing. So that for me, it was like, I'm going to try and create something that's different and, and fit properly because I had the background behind that and mm-hmm. with my mom and all that. So we created these jackets for a barber and the barber at the time, he's like, oh, this is fantastic, whatever. And then I was like, oh, this is interesting. Like, let me make some for myself. So I made a bunch for myself. Then my friends see them. I put them on my friends. Mm-hmm. We changed things. We altered things we had some fun with it we made aprons we did i made some stuff for some kids that were having a birthday so i was like okay we'll make some jackets for a kid and then it just like kind of took off from there and then we implemented the women's line and i just hated how women looked in chef clothing and it was like it's pretty much that standard make them look nice you know like women don't have the same shape as the men they want to be like accepted i guess in in this male pushed industry yeah and i agree i mean you're all you're i like to match what I'm feeling with what I'm wearing. Mm. So I'm always feeling like you know, really? I want to go do things. Oh and my God. So <laughs> it's, it's one of those things, honestly. So if I'm feeling like, yeah, I got this, I'm going to go kill this day. I'm wearing something that's going to kind of give me that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> do that even a sombrero. Definitely. Definitely. Having fun with it. Yeah. Just definitely something that kind of matches how I'm feeling that day. When you think of me, chef. Yes. Okay. What separates your brand from the others? So for me, separates me chef from the pack. Well, and again, my, we tapped into a little bit of that. But. Yeah, we touched in a little bit. I find a me chef, we control the whole process. So from meeting the client to guiding them to things that they like to taking, getting, going back and forth with photos from their, from their establishments to like picking proper colors, accenting colors, figuring out their embroidery locations. Like some places you go into and you're just like, oh, we want, we have like a tall, we have a tall 
splendor look and we're like okay so we we size them do everything and mm-hmm. we'll custom design them make things shorter for people that aren't as tall and with us is that we've completely gone through processes where it's like trial error trial error retest retesting we should we test shrinkage we test mm-hmm. like fits we put them on multiple different people to see what's practical what's working we put them in chefs that are like working in some of the craziest environments to see like how it feels are they sweating is it actually moisture wicking and some some of the fabrics are actually designed to actually keep you a few degrees cooler like there's phase changing materials that we're working with and that's what we're implementing for the future of Misha. Right, right. Like we're dealing with chefs that are like in extreme heat. So like mm-hmm. it's 32 degrees outside, it's 42 degrees in the kitchen, like, and, and it's still dry air. Like they're just dripping sweat. You you have to accommodate these things because that's that's the reality of it. For uh, people who don't know, what's the red line standard? So red line standard is kind of our stamp of approval. This is our brand. This has gone through all the, the checkpoints and, and you won't get anything that's an issue or anything. And if it is, it happens. It is what it is. We change it. We we'll get rid of it. We'll, yeah, we stand by it like hundred percent. I want to accommodate as much as possible, and like I want you to feel comfortable wearing it and buying it. Absolutely, yeah. because I have my me chef mm-hmm. apron, mm-hmm. which I love. So I can attest to it fits phenomenally. The fabric on it is unbelievable. It's durable. <laughs> it's um, the colors are unique. It, it's gone everywhere it, with me to funny. different events and everything. Yeah, it's funny how you say like the durability and everything, like. We've like before I launch any new apron or anything like that, I'll give it to my local friends and I'll be like, here, wear this, check it out, wash it, like destroy it. Like I want you to destroy it and like test everything about it and let me know. And like I've gotten aprons back that look like I don't know what they did to it, but like they got caught in the wash and just got destroyed. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, that fabric's done, gone. And we phase it out right away before it hits anyone to see or whatever. It's, it's like, did you run over this a couple of times? I know, like, <laughs> I have aprons at home where I literally, like, frame them because they're just like, this is ridiculous. How did somebody even possibly do this? <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, this is awesome. So, so which is good to know because you actually test your products before they go out. Yeah, the we test everything. Like, I've, I've had products where, like, I've created a whole line and I hated it. And and then, because they've made a mistake with production or something's gone wrong or whatever, and I'll, I'll, I won't sell it. Yeah. I won't sell it. Like, I'll, I'll just be like, no, I'm selling a great product or no product. Do you have a personal favorite of the jackets or pants out of everything you've created? Is there a personal favorite? So right now, so we actually just launched the Claremont jacket, which is a gray jacket. It's moisture wicking, same fabric as our pants. It has basically like a little bit of spandex in it. Mm-hmm. So it's got the stretch, got Love the Love me some spandex. Yeah, we stepped it up with that one. That one's like, you know what, we're going to go all out with this. We put the apron strap on the back of the neck. We've put an angled chest pocket for your pens and stuff like that. We've put the custom Mi Chef uh, buttons, so mm-hmm. metal buttons that, that go along with it. We have a single uh, buttonhole that is red, so to show our red line standard, so everything goes through the red line standard. I'm Mary Mamaliti, and you're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast. Today, I'm talking with Mitchell Felice. What about Mi Chef, the name? Where did that come from? So, Meech is like my nickname. So my friends call me Meech and then F is Felice for my last name. When you look at it, it reads Meech and then F and it kind of like worked in. It's all about like, you want to be happy wearing the product that you're, you're getting, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and it has to symbolize yourself. So we like to bring and design things where people are actually need it. When you decided on me, chef, Mm -hmm. what was it like during the startup? What was it like creating this brand from the ground up? 
Well, I thought I was going to get off the ground with $5,000 and that clearly didn't happen. That was like, oh, okay. That was like the first week and I was like, oh, like now what, you know? So it was was definitely like a a rude awakener and like Mm -hmm. I couldn't quit my my full-time job right away. So that kind of sucked. But that's with any like successful business. Like everyone's like, it's a grind. Everything's a grind. Like you're going to, you're going to do it. You're not going to do it. I was working at a, I was working at Toronto French school at the time and I was like in the evenings and nights and I was just exhausted from all the events I was doing during the day and stuff like that, trying to start this brand, trying to create a, a path and get this moving, build the website, change this, change that. Like, what do people think about this? What do people think about that? And people question, recognize. Don't you end up questioning a lot? Oh, you question you everything. You question yourself I'm, I'm indecisive, so everything. I'm the worst. I'm the worst. It's, it's, I'm, I'm always questioning myself. Should I do this? Should I do that? Should I do this? Then, and then you, you think about it and you're just like, if I just had that original thought that I was going to do and I should have just done it, mm-hmm. I would have been 10 steps further, wouldn't have spent like those three hours thinking about it. And I was right in the first place. Yeah. So like second guessing yourself because, and I'm saying you're guessing yourself because you've asked others that have no idea what you're doing. Right. And you just want someone to like give a helping hand, but like, there's no one really to answer that those questions for you because it's like this is you, this is your brand, this is your lifestyle. So building the brand was it was interesting. I, I like to be different and I like to be sometimes too much out there. But then you look at the the target audience and you're, they're just like they're not educated on like this like futuristic type of product fabric. or fabrics or styles or whatever. And and then you look at other markets where it's like you look at the European market where it's like they're ready for it and you got to really figure out like how you're going to start at your home base and work out from there. Yeah. You know, like home base being like Toronto, Ontario, Canada, you know what I mean? Like, and just work out from there. Like we sell to Canada and US and it's different, like different people, different things that they want completely. Like Canadians want things simple and crisp and clean. And you go to the US and they just want funky colors. They want the coolest things. They want different. They want grommets. They want metal clasps they they want everything and it's right. just like wow this is kind of interesting like and you hit both i guess target same segments. industry yeah, same, same industry. industry but completely different people completely different wants and and it's fun like you get to i, I love customizing things so i like when people ask me to do custom aprons and that's what we specialize is a lot of custom apparel and i'm just like yeah bring on bring on the challenge do you do personal embroidering on uh... yeah so we do all kinds of embroidery like i actually did one the other day where it was uh for this gentleman uh chef Dwayne keller out in washington dc and he's at a country club and he he's his father was on the first five uh hockey team mm-hmm. and and he, he wanted like a tribute uh jacket all on him so we basically put his name on the shoulder we did the canada flags and stuff and mm-hmm. then we did um his number on the cuff and everything so we customized it for like this is it and and he just like went nuts like he called me this morning, like, Mitch, this is like the best jacket, like send me oh, five more. Cool. Like he was going nuts. So he's been like a, a supporter since the beginning. So I was like, I wanted to give him something special. And that's what I did for him. You know, <laughs> if you had to tell young Mitch, knowing what you know today. Oh, man. Young Mitch. <laughs> I have to give him advice, even one piece of advice. Advice? What would you tell him? Uh, Probably not to care what most people think. To just live by what you think is correct and because at this point i've realized that i was correct and then it's like i could have done that 10 years ago trust your gut yeah you trust your gut it's really what it comes down to and not letting people portray what you're doing and what you live by and what you stand for and 
and negative energy just eliminate them mm -hmm. i'm like all about energy and if i don't have your energy like see you later like you are out of my way and i don't want to talk to you and that's it i don't think any goal is, is a ridiculous goal. yeah like some people see i don't I think everything I agree. is achievable i agree people look at me like i'm crazy like hitting trying to hit these ridiculous goals and i'm just like oh, i'm gonna do it like i don't care what you think like work-life balance is a bunch of bs because like if your work and your life is not the same thing then you hate your life that's not work-life balance and and interesting and that's take what, on it and that's yeah. where i look at it it's like I've left jobs where it's just like, hey, I want to change something and just change. Done. Like You're the only one that can make that change for you. Yeah. And someone's not no gonna, one's gonna do it for no you. No one's gonna do it for you. And you just gotta make the decision and be like and stick to it. Mm -hmm. Stick to it. If you don't like something, if you don't like your job, you don't like this, you don't like that, change it. Change it. So what's next for me, chef? Mm, me chef. Honestly, what's next and, my, and what my goals are is like to be in this location for one year and get out and move into a big warehouse. So growth. Yeah, growth. Like extreme hyper growth. That's what I'm pushing for. Like I don't sleep, but that's because I want hyper growth. And that's another thing you were mentioning. You moved the business because now you're in a larger workspace. Mm -hmm. So, so you've got a new studio. We were running out of like three studios, basements. We had storage everywhere and... It was getting out of control. Like we were, we got an embroidery machine and like trying to storage that and mm -hmm. everything. It was just getting out of control and pulled in too many different directions. So we tried to like narrow it down, put it all under one roof. So we got an, a new studio coming in and we were setting up like a whole backyard with a whole kind of like venue space. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be able to like, we want to bring chefs in, network, have barbecues, have beers, like keep it local, keep it fun. You just want to bring everybody under one roof and just have a good time and not worry about anything yep. and and that's and what support we want to one another up. yeah supporting, exactly supporting exactly. local is is huge exactly so we keep it tight and and move forward so the show's kitchen confession yes and it's all about sharing that one confession oh like, i didn't even know now you're like putting me on the spot I'm like i have tons of tons of terrible things to say but i can't say it. <laughs> oh come on there has to be something you could say all right so i'll share one with you so I was, uh, so as most, actually, I don't have it on my resume or whatever, like LinkedIn or whatever, but I was a cake decorator for Loblaws for three years. So I was like 16 years old, cake decorator. And, um, so I, it was like, I guess it was my 18th birthday and my mom comes in she's like, okay, Mitch, like, I, like, can you just write on your cake and like, happy birthday, Mitchell, whatever. And I'll take it. So I'm like, okay, great. So I write on it, whatever. And I was like, very, I'm very anal about things. So I like, I want things to be perfect. So I write on it, whatever. It comes home. Like, we're going to have a happy birthday. I spelled my name wrong. You're so I have, this, oh, I have like 50 people here looking at me and they're just like, oh, Mitchell wrote his own cake, whatever. And I look at it. I'm like, oh my God, I wrote my own name wrong. I missed a C. And I'm like, this is hilarious. Like, I'm so special. Like, I never messed up anything, any other one, anyone's name or anything like that. Never had an issue. I used to spell congratulations wrong, but that's fine. Yeah, for your own name. <laughs> On some people's that's things. Beautiful. On my own name. That is beautiful. Oh my god. Yeah. Alright, rapid fire. Name five foods you keep in your fridge at all times. Broccoli. Love broccoli. Rapini. Beans. Sriracha. Is that a food? I don't know. Sure. We'll count it. Yeah. And I have a problem with eating peanut butter. I love peanut butter. <laughs> Music in the kitchen? Definitely. Always. Do you enjoy more finger foods or fancy foods? Finger foods. Yeah, I agree. I like to have fun. I like to talk to people. Very laid back. <laughs> 
Favorite meal? I'm a huge risotto fan. I've made risottos that are like from sweet to salty to savory to like desserts to, I don't know. I love risotto. Yeah, like yeah. I had a problem at one point where I was just watching risotto competitions. <laughs> yeah. And these guys from Italy would bring their water from their hometown and it w- to make really? risotto. And yeah. And they had like these really cool pans and like, like these, I don't know, kind of like a, a, a stock type of pan and they would just shake it and it would just like shoot like five feet up in the air and it fall back in the thing. And it would make it like extremely creamy. I never understood how they did it, but like they would just hit it a certain way and it'd shoot up this risotto and fall back in the pot. Yeah. And it wasn't just for theatrics. It was more like no, that. There is, was a reason for it. This is a reason for it. Yeah. Wow. Three favorite herbs that you cook with. All the time. Thyme. Definitely. Rosemary. And I'd say probably say parsley. Favorite kitchen gadget? I would say is probably the mandolin. And my least favorite is those stupid tomato uh, coring things. I saw that for the strawberries. It's the same thing for the tomato. Yeah, it looks like it's round. It looks like a spoon. Yeah, with, with little, little ratchet, little, rigid, yeah, edges rigid edges. Or, yeah. Yeah, I don't get that. Okay, now ask everyone this question, so I have to ask you. Justin Timberlake brought sexy back. What would you bring back? Oh my god. <laughs> what would I bring back? Bring back shoulder pads. No, you would not. No, you would not. <laughs> Those are probably the funniest things. Those shoulder pads. I think they didn't last very long. Put them in. Put them in the uh, me chef jackets. We have. We it's so funny. When, when my mom was in, uh, I guess, fashion design school when she was younger, she actually kept like her, I guess, project clothing, mm-hmm. and one had so- shoulder pads. And my buddy Mike, he. He would put it on him. It was like a leather, fake leather, red leather type jacket. It was a women's. And we put it on him and he wore it to the club. Like he <laughs> wore it. Like it was so weird. It was so funny, but so weird. So definitely those shoulder pads. Shoulder pads are coming Bring back. Bring them back. Oh my God. That's hilarious. This has been so much fun. But I want our listeners to know where they can find you um, and where they can place their orders for some of the fabulous Me Chef Attire, gear, everything. So you can definitely find us at MeChef.com. And you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at MeChef. And you can find me at Mitch underscore MeChef. So it's easy to find me. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on everywhere. Like you can search me up. People probably have great and bad things to say. So yeah, definitely. And and now I've actually started a new company called Greenpaw. So you find us at Greenpaw Canada, which is all uh, Canadian made medical scrubs and lab coats and medical attire. That's awesome. So a new brand coming out and that will probably be launched in the next week or two. So Incredible. And that'll make happening. it on your site as well, right? Yes. So that'll make it up on my site. So there'll be a link where you can kind of find that as well. And yeah. Perfect. That's what we're doing now. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It I had a, a great time. Definitely a pleasure. Kitchen Confessioners, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I can't tell you how overjoyed I am to be able to share these stories with all of you. Thank you for listening in and sending you all a pinch of patience, a dash of kindness, a spoonful of laughter, and a heaping tablespoon of love. Connect with me at kitchenconfession.com. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for the newsletter and receive free recipes directly into your inbox. I'd like to thank producer and editor Matt Agnew. And our music today came from taketones.com. See you at the next episode.